0: better than this, guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Lockdown. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Thursday episode of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Visa. Help support your local businesses, whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops. Local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But Right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless Visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. Good morning, Kyle.
1: Good morning. Lots of uh, college football on display for us this weekend. We got yes. Jets, Broncos, Thursday night, which, listen, when we didn't know if we were going to have football, I promised myself this year I was going to enjoy every possible game that I could, and that includes Jets, Broncos. But if I had to make a big board of what I am most excited for, Jets and Broncos is probably near the bottom.
0: So, since you brought it up um... – some mixed messaging out there about this game and what it means for Adam Gase and could he be let go with the long stretch between games and you know just a couple of weeks ago the owner of the team basically came out and pledged his support for Adam Gase i mean is this it is this the, the last one if they lose or what what do you think
1: uh i don't know you're you're starting to get like rap sheet said that it it won't be even if they lose the game and they cited ironically enough concerns about damage to Sam Darnold if they fire Adam um so it doesn't look like it so I would predict no no matter what um because at the end of the day no Adam is what he is as a head coach but there's still 12 games left to play so I guess they're it sounds like they're going to be willing to let this play out and, and see where it goes.
0: We've talked a lot about it in our scouting meetings. Um, But I mean, the jets haven't been competitive this year. They're going to, they're going to they're gonna have a high pick, you know, and it, it seems like whenever we talk about teams at number one, whether that's the jets or the giants, um, I mean, you think just let's go crazy. Let's say the Vikings, Falcons, right? Just put them out there. They're zero three. Number one, it's like, oh yeah, you take Trevor Lawrence, right? It's it's an easy decision. But then it's like, well, if they're in the top three, it feels like there's a shift. That, you know, oh well, do we do we like Fields? Do we like Trey Lance? Or do we take this opportunity to to go in a new direction at quarterback? And and so with The Jets with Darnold. How does that conversation dip for for you? I think we both agree that number one, you you have to pick Lawrence, but do you feel like Fields or Lance is something the Jets should do and move on from Darnold? Or is there enough in Darnold that you believe in that with the with a new coaching staff and, you know, as they continue their efforts to build around him, that, you know, you might as well continue with him because he's as good of a prospect as Fields or Darnold, or Fields I, or Lance.
1: I remember what my thoughts were on Sam coming out. Yeah. Um, I think I had him QB4 that year. I uh, had him behind Baker, Rosen, whoops, Lamar, Sam, and then Josh Allen, whoops. Um. So... Justin will be graded higher as a prospect, and I think that's really what it comes down to for me because I'm not being inside the building to know the finer workings of like what Sam's like in the locker room, what he's like in the meetings, and and how he handles all that. For me personally, I will have coveted Justin Fields higher as a prospect than what I did Sam Darnold to begin with, and now I have nothing but more questions than answers about Sam Darnold. And as a result for me, yeah, I'm moving on. Uh, I'm taking a, a total regime change taking advantage of it and I'm moving back to square one because I don't think where we're at right now is a really inspiring place and you should be able to get something of value for Sandor.
0: i I think you said something there that I think is really critical as we consider all these teams that could be picking high in the the order and could have a chance to go with a young quarterback you know it is a lot comparing what you have to the prospects of what's available. But, you know, I feel like our expectations for rookie young quarterbacks are so high, man. You know, it's like they don't even really get a full chance to develop a lot of times. And some of that is because they're they're going to bad teams, right? We're talking about teams picking high in the order and probably have a new – coaching situation or you know things are volatile they have a coach that's kind of a lame duck and they couldn't win and now all of a sudden they have a second coordinator in as many years look at something like daniel jones um and dwayne haskins so you know it's it's these guys i don't feel like a lot of them get a fair shake man you know and and that that's what's hard for me with this discussion and so it feels like you almost have to ask yourself well what have we done to support this quarterback have we given him a real chance but then it's kind of like evaluating him. you've had a chance to see their habits, what type of worker they are, how competitive they are, how tough they are, how guys are around them. It's like some of the stuff that goes into I think what those decisions and, and really being confident in them are stuff that we really aren't going to know because we're not around the team you know to to really evaluate that piece of it. But the bigger point that I'm trying to to deliver here is I just don't feel like guys oftentimes get a fair shake, but and, and when they do, you you see. I mean, the success rate is higher. We didn't see Patrick Mahomes play as a rookie. We're seeing Josh Allen develop. We saw Lamar Jackson ease into the lineup. You know, and then we look at Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins or Sam Darnold. It's like, well, you, you wow, you, you couldn't, you couldn't turn uh, this around. But my goodness, nobody could have. It's, it's really tough for me with these young
1: quarterbacks. Yeah, I agree. I. The,
0: uh- yeah, go ahead.
1: No, I was just gonna say, do we do we want to milk anything out of Jets Broncos or?
0: Well, we've got we've got. Would you rather tonight? So there could be some some stuff there <laughs> that oh, naturally sure. gets into do a little bit. So live seven thirty YouTube, the Draft Network's YouTube, seven thirty Eastern time. Um. So I mean, it'll be. I, does Fangio's defense? Does he completely suffocate? The Jets, you know, I guess that's my biggest question. Do, do the Jets show any signs of life?
1: Beckton's not going to play. Crowder's going to try to play. No. Yeah. I, <laughs> I have a really hard time envisioning the Jets getting anything going offensively. I'm sure I'll regret saying that, but I just – I mean, is 13-6, man.
0: That's my question. Is this going to be literally a 13-6 to game – Or is either team going to show some life? You know, Brett Rippen's starting for the Broncos. You know, Broncos have their own injuries. Jets, all of their skill guys are hurt. You know, it's like.
1: Do Do you remember the November 26, 2007 game between the Miami Dolphins and the Pittsburgh Steelers? Can't say that I do. It was the game played in Pittsburgh in the torrential downpour. It was John Beck, starting for the Dolphins, and the final score of the game was three to nothing, on a twenty-four yard field goal kicked with twenty-four seconds remaining in the game. This was the game where they punted the ball, and when it came down, it landed nose down in the grass, and it didn't bounce. Yeah, that, that's straight, something I remember. It went straight into the ground, <laughs> and uh, this this game in its entirety. Uh, Pittsburgh had 216 yards of offense, averaged 3.9 yards per play. Miami had 159 yards of offense, 3.1 yards per play. The teams were both abysmal on third downs. Uh, it was just total slop fest. And, like, this game, I feel like it's going to be that without the rain.
0: <laughs> oh, you're selling it high. You- Kyle's not getting any uh, incentives for ratings tonight on on NFL Network for this. No, game. I
1: won't get any kickback for any. I'm, ha- I'm, so. I'm gonna have it on. I of course I'm gonna have it on. I t- I promised myself I was gonna enjoy any football. Twenty two combined first downs in that game, by the way.
0: Taking the over o- over under twenty two first downs tonight.
1: I'll take the over. <laughs> what's what's the actual over under on the game itself, though? Oh boy. Oh boy. I'm going to log into bet online, but I got to first confirm that I'm human and select all the pictures that have boats. <laughs> in <them>. Hold on.
0: <laughs> boats. Huh? I usually get the traffic lines.
1: I get the motorcycles too.
0: Motorcycles. Yeah. yeah traffic lights. it has
1: got a boat? Okay. There we go. You got it. My producer's pulling up right now. Survey says the over under for the entirety of the game is 41. Might take the under. I'm smashing the under. Jets also favored by a point and a half.
0: You need – I mean, both teams are getting to 20?
1: No. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, I don't think so either, man. I might, I might string a couple bets together here.
0: <laughs> I threw some money down in college games yesterday. Just feeling it. All right, so let's talk about some real college football here.
1: Yeah, let's, let's do it.
0: I mean, so I, when I look over this slate of games, which is looking the most appealing it has all year to this point, the game where my mind goes from a, an NFL draft scouting perspective is, is Auburn and Georgia. Mm-hmm. I want to see those Auburn receivers, Seth Williams, Anthony Schwartz, against those Georgia corners, Eric Stokes, Eric Stokes and Tyson Campbell. I think those guys played well in week one against uh, Kentucky and this will be a nice test. This is a big game, right? Like when you think about contenders in each division, these are two teams that are in the mix. Big showcase and I think that piece of it, the 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 corners for Georgia, both guys who I think have a chance of being top 50 players and in even with the receivers from Auburn top 50 type players. So that's the showcase that my mind goes to right away.
1: Yeah, so Auburn has two TDN 100 prospects right now they are seth williams and anthony schwartz the two wide receivers so uh, i think you're hitting the nail on the head with where you from an nfl draft perspective should be looking at this game uh georgia tyson campbell eric stokes safety richard lecount is also among the tdn top 100 uh and we have that's it so Secondary versus passing game. Obviously, the volatility of Bo Nix, which we teased about yesterday when we were doing the actual lines for this game, uh, is not going to be something that's easy to navigate for the end result of the game. But if we get a wide-angle shot, and I'd like to think we will, just watch the one-on-ones. Stokes, Campbell, Schwartz, Seth Williams. I want Campbell on Seth Williams, and I want Stokes on Schwartz and I want it all game long and I could take or leave the quarterback play. And I know Georgia's got a bunch of dudes in the trenches and yeah, just give, just give me those two sets of one-on-ones with LeCount kind of prowling the middle. I think that's a really fun dynamic for this game.
0: Georgia broadcast angles are usually not bad. You know, it's not like Wisconsin or Syracuse or uh, what's the one, uh, Missouri awful, right? Mm-hmm. Usually, get a pretty good look from these Georgia games.
1: The Pac 12 remains undefeated in that regard, though. Every single Pac 12 stadium has the equivalent of all 22 on their broadcast angles.
0: I've never stayed awake to watch a Pac 12 football game. So I have Imagine. To- I know that's all <laughs> I'm, only, lie. Kidding. I'm that's only kidding. I'm only kidding. That was a shot at East Coast uh, football <laughs> watching times. They suck. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place where you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. You can go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides you with access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops.
1: RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high quality service online for the past 20 years. So, whether you're looking for motor oil, new carpet, taillights, or new brake parts for your classic or daily driver, RockAuto.com has everything you need in one easy to navigate catalog. And in just a few clicks, you can get everything you need delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are the same for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all of your auto parts needs and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices and all of the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Okay, Joe. We um, looking through the rest of this slate. There's some pretty prominent prospects that are playing, of course. Uh, I think for Clemson, Virginia has some notable performers in it and some interesting matchups. So, as TDN's ACC guy, can you set the table a little bit for us as far as what we should expect at 8 p.m. watching Clemson, Virginia?
0: Yes, yeah, some good stuff here. Um... I'll I'll go a little bit off the radar here. With the first thing that comes to mind is uh, slot cornerback for Virginia, Brenton Nelson, against uh, Amari Rogers, the the wide receiver for for Clemson. And we you know Rogers is kind of the returning guy for Trevor Lawrence and um, profiles more as a slot in the NFL. And Brenton Nelson's a player that I've had my eye on for several years now at Virginia, who's produced several. NFL defensive backs recently, and, and he had two interceptions uh, in Virginia's first game of the season last week and and was really active in run support and really just showed you that feisty slot corner that you want to see in, in at the next level. And so I think that's going to be a nice little showcase to see those two players going at it. And then, of course, I, I want to see some reps with Charles Snowden, uh, the pass rusher kind of hybrid edge player for Virginia's defense see him get some run against Jackson Carmen the left tackle for Clemson. I've loved every game I've ever seen from Jackson Carmen with the exception of the playoffs last year. His two games the one against Chase Young and the one against Caleb on Jason. You know, I felt like he was challenged in those games in ways that other guys weren't weren't able to get to him, but literally, I, I the rest of it, it's like watching Jonathan Ogden out there just falling asleep, blocking guys uh, in, in pass pro, just handling them with ease and making it look easy, and then just obviously getting a lot of movement in the run game. And I think Snowden's a really nice test for him because, you know, look, I think he's got a ton of really exciting traits. I mean, he's pretty loose, he's long, uh, he's showed more pass rush repertoire uh, last year as the season went along, and so you know, I want to see where he's at too. So can he kind of show some? Uh, some more consistency with his vision and and how to attack guys and draw Carmen out of his sets like those guys at the end of the year were last year, or does, you know, Carmen just make him look like any other ACC pass rusher that he's easily handled. So those are the two matchups in that game that I'm pretty anxious to look at.
1: Let me tell you about the Big Ten prospects you need to watch this weekend. There are (laughs) not. That's the joke, Joe.
0: (laughs) Don't.
1: All right, so, I, I mean, at least with the SEC back, it feels like we've got the heavy hitters back, right? Yeah. Texas A&M, Alabama. Uh, we, we teased – uh, once again, we teased this one yesterday during the Lions game. Uh, Jalen Waddle, I think, has a really big opportunity ahead of him this season in its entirety. And it's something that uh, Brentley Weissman, one of our, our guys at TDN, is going to flesh out uh, this weekend. He's scheduled to. but. Waddle, for us, Joe, and I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I anticipate you will have the same general feelings as, as what I do. Uh, the traits are all there to be a top 10 selection in the NFL draft. You Absolutely. think of some of the other receivers that have seen their f- stock skyrocket to top 10 status just based on having speed. Uh, Waddle is, for me, the equivalent of durable John Ross who knows how to catch. <laughs> and that, that really moves the needle for a lot of teams, obviously. You see Houston took Will Fuller at 22, and John Ross went top 10, and Ted Ginn frickin' went top 10. Like that, that speed dynamic that he has, and he's going to get volume this year. It's so exciting to think about what he's going to look like with 10 targets a game because so how many times last year did he finish with four just because of all the malice to feed at Alabama? Did
0: you see Tyreek Hill's touchdown catch on Thursday night? Um, tight window did
1: throw. Ever. Did I ever.
0: That's the type of play, you know, it's like you would feel like 10 years ago that that type of a throw would have to be made to like Terrell Owens, you know, some just tall yeah. guy that can can get himself positioned. But the way Tyreek was able to get behind that DB, obviously great throw from Mahomes. That that's goes without saying. But the way that he was able to get behind that DB and, and still it's like shield him with his body, right? Like had his back flush to him, but see that ball over his shoulder, just elevate and catch it over his shoulder to like. I mean, those are the types of plays that Waddle can give you. You know, it's not, it's not like he's just a, a guy that's going to win foot races and run away from guys. Like, he's got ball skills too, and that's what I've loved about him, seeing him win at all levels. But, you know, I, I think it's, there's such a shift in, I guess, red zone guys, right, guys that can really produce in tight areas of the field. And um, that play from Tyreek Hill – that style of play, that working in the NFL, and then kind of thinking about Jalen Waddle, and how he can be a do everything guy despite not being obviously a massive frame player, he's going to be a problem, man. And and I I always think about well, you know, who who do I not want to have to deal with in the NFL? You know, as, as if I were going up against those players, man. Waddle's one of those guys that moves the needle, or I just it's like, yeah, you know, I I don't want to deal with that guy. And I think I think he can, I think he can be special.
1: We uh, have breaking news.
0: Do we? I don't know what it is, so here we go.
1: It's the NFL has named their Offensive and Defensive Rookies of the Month.
0: As did TDN.
1: Yes, TDN dropped ours yesterday. We snuck it out ahead of the NFL. Uh, Okay. But we also did AFC and NFC. NFL is just offensive and defensive.
0: Well, you and I have been tuned in on this, right? So we have strong opinions here.
1: Yeah. So do you have any guesses? Don't look. Don't cheat.
0: Uh, I – um. Okay, so my, I got to strip what I think of with the ones we picked. We had a very thorough process. Like, we, we literally discussed this among the entire team. Yes.
1: So, is offense and defense AFC and NFC? No, it's just offensive and defensive.
0: Okay, so their offense is going to be Joe Burrow.
1: It is not. Really?
0: Okay, I was going to guess Joe Burrow and Chase Young.
1: No, uh, Neither one of those is correct.
0: Okay, if they didn't pick Burrow, then they didn't pick Herbert. That's correct. We thought about James Robinson. Um, we didn't. We picked that offensive lineman. They'll never pick an offensive lineman. Uh, I was C. D. Lamb, James Robinson. It's got to be one of those two then.
1: James Robinson.
0: Okay, that's the AFC rookie of the month.
1: Yes, they. they, they we're referencing 339 offensive yards from scrimmage and three touchdowns in three okay. games.
0: So the other one's just defensive. Yes. It's not Chase Young.
1: It's not. Is we it didn't Antoine? pick Ch- we didn't pick Chase Young either, by the way. I know, but I didn't think I thought we would
0: be different than the NFL anyways. Okay, so uh then it's it's gotta be our pick. It's gotta be uh Antoine Winfield.
1: It is Antoine Winfield. Good
0: good choice. Good choice, 20,
1: NFL. 23 tackles, two sacks, two passes defensed, and a forced fumble.
0: Dude's been everywhere, man. Like he's not getting beaten coverage. He's blitzing, he's tackling up against the run, dude. Imagine uh, being surprised. I'm not <laughs> I'm not – you shouldn't be surprised. So, okay, so they go James Robinson, Antoine Winfield. We thought – see, we thought about Robinson in our defense, but we went with uh, Joe Burrow. What, and
1: and the, the reason is what Joe's doing amid the shit in Cincinnati with the offensive line, he's been pressured 53 times already. Too much. That's incredible. So, for him to drop consecutive 300-yard passing games and have that team in position to win all of those games, it's impressive.
0: Two quick side notes here. Okay. They're really the same, but they're two different ones. I remember they played – was it the Chargers in week one? Yes. So, I had put a tweet out there that was – it was just it – was, it was Joey Bosa versus Bobby Hart and then just like the, the skull. Emoji, yes. And I got so many responses from Bengals fans that said, well, good thing Joe Burrow is so great at avoiding sacks, right? Like, do you understand fundamentally how st- – like, that's not good, right? right? Even if he's the greatest sack avoider in the history of the NFL, it's still his first NFL game, it's our, his first season, and they have not given him an offensive line. Secondly, did you see – did you see Zach Jim. Taylor's comments about Bobby Hart?
1: Uh, I saw Jim Turner, the offensive line coach's comments about Bobby Hart.
0: Okay, maybe I'm getting it crossed up, but it was like they were saying that he's the most underappreciated and most picked on player in the NFL. Yes,
1: that that was Jim Turner. Jim Turner also said, I think Bobby's playing the best football I've seen him play in his career. I think mentally he's in a great place right now. Like if you watch his side of the line, it's solid. I'm not worried about Bobby Hart. Brother, you should be worried about Bobby Hart.
0: That's bad, Kyle. That's (laughs) bad, man. Let's see here. Uh, so he's allowed 15 of those pressures.
1: Oh, let's go. Joe's got receipts. I'm here for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's allowed 15 pressures in, in three games. What's, what is there to say? Is that the most, though? Let's see if that's the most. Yep, it's the most. Number two is a Michael Jordan with 10.
1: In the team or in the NFL?
0: In, on the team. Okay. Do we want to do the NFL? Because we can.
1: Yeah, let's go ahead and see where these, <laughs> these stack up.
0: Okay, let's, uh, let's do that. Offensive line. Pressure's allowed. The most – you're not going to believe it, Kyle. You're Bobby Hart. Gonna, Bobby Hart with the most at 15. The second most, Andrew Thomas with 13. Oh. Jeron, Jeron Christian also with 13. Uh, Drew Samia with 11.
1: Oh, I see. Andrew Thomas. You're dumb. You don't say.
0: (laughs) Michael Jordan's uh, is Very interesting.
1: Yeah. Andrew Thomas. Do you want all the double-digit guys? No. No? You don't need to drag their names through the mud. That's fine.
0: Man, you got to give it to Fred Johnson. My guy's got nine and uh, has only played – Two games? Yeah, you know, 124 total snaps. Most of these other guys are over 200 snaps. So he he's just missing the the a bigger sample size, or so he'd be right up there at the top, <laughs> the backup, you know. Yeah,
1: <laughs> backup's gonna lead the league in something. It's just <sighs> gonna be pressures. Jeez. So who we're missing, Jonah Williams? Oh uh,
0: well, I, if he wasn't bad, then I, I didn't want to kill him. Let's well, see. no, I'm just
1: saying like Jonah deserves some credit for not being bad.
0: No, he's given up. He has nine pressures
1: allowed. Oh, okay, so, three yeah. game. And we're missing the center.
0: Oh, that's the best one, Trey Hopkins. He's uh, allowed four. Right four on. Total
1: pressures, yeah. So, 9-9, nine, nine, no, 9-10, nine, 4-9 in two games, 15.
0: <laughs> yeah. How about yeah. Billy Price has played 53 snaps, and uh, uh, 53 pass-buck snaps, 69 total snaps. He's given up four. So he's he's on that Fred Johnson plan. He just needs more playing time.
1: Yeah, so Cincinnati, if you end up with a top three – no, let's not do that now. <laughs> that was a conversation we had at our TDN staff meeting. I don't cut the knees out from underneath it because we're going to do a follow-up on it. It's going to be really, really fun. So um, how about Florida-South Carolina, Joe? You yes. have both these teams, right?
0: I don't have Florida, right? but I, I know Oregon, Florida South well. South Carolina.
1: Yeah. Tell me about it.
0: Uh it's just another wide receiver corner showcase. You've got uh, the two South Carolina corners, JC Horn, yes, Joe Horn's son, and then Israel Mukwamo. He's six um, four, like two fifteen. Um, he's a really physical player. I-, I think he's more more of a hybrid safety at the next level than a you know just a true outside corner because he's so, he's so high hipped and leggy. But I think he moves well for his size, and I, I like the I like his his urgency and the way he plays very competitive tough player going up against these I mean Kyle Trask I mean we talk about K, KJ Costello right in the game that he had I mean Trask was over four bills and six touchdowns passing himself I mean so you know that that Florida offense was moving and and he, he's he got some receivers man he's got uh Trayvon Grimes who's a big 6-4 good receiver they've got uh Kadarius Toney who's so creative with the ball in his hands, with really good contact balance and burst. Um, you know, we'll see what type of threat he can be because I'm not sure he's much of a down the field guy. But he's a guy that can cause some problems and, and uncover quick and, and you know creates a, creates some production after the catch. And you know, Kyle Pitts is a guy that like to get flexed out, and that's the matchup, right? Kyle Pitts, that tight end, getting some run against Israel Mukawamu. That's that's the type of showcase.
1: That is going to do it for us here on today's show. We hope you got you guys primed for Thursday night football, college football, NFL football. We still got Would You Rather tonight, YouTube, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ahead of Thursday night football, uncomfortable hypotheticals. Make sure you guys bring your stuff to the table as well. Kyle Krabs, Jeremy off. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast.